0: Welcome to the Dentons Employment and Labor Podcast. In a series of podcasts, the Dentons Employment and Labor Group will discuss the latest employment law issues impacting the Canadian workplace. I'm your host, Alison Walsh. I'm a partner in the Dentons Employment and Labor Group based out of Denton's Edmonton office. On December 14, 2020, the first COVID 19 vaccinations were administered in Canada. And while the rollout of vaccinations is welcome news to employers looking to return their workplaces to some level of normalcy, it does raise a number of issues that employers will have to consider in the upcoming year. To discuss COVID-19 vaccinations and their implications in the workplace in more detail, I'm joined today by my colleague Roxana Jangi. Roxana is a senior associate in Denton's Employment and Labour Group based out of our Calgary office. Thanks for joining me today Roxana. Thanks for having me, Allison. It's great to be here. So one of the primary questions we are receiving from employers is whether they can implement mandatory vaccination policies in the workplace. date, there has been no legislation passed by federal or provincial governments making COVID-19 vaccinations mandatory. In fact, the premiers of Alberta and Ontario have stated that they will not make vaccinations mandatory. Similarly, in BC, The public health officer has also said she does not expect immunization will be mandatory for that province. Therefore, without legislation mandating vaccinations, companies considering implementing vaccination policies in the workplace will have to balance the competing interests of workplace health and safety with an employee's right to privacy and the right to equal and non-discriminatory treatment. Today, COVID-19 vaccination policies are untested in Canadian law. However, there are some labor arbitration decisions that have examined the legality of hospitals and long-term care facilities adopting influenza control programs. In particular, to fight the spread of influenza, some healthcare institutions have adopted policies that require employees to receive an influenza vaccine or to wear a mask as an alternative to vaccination. Roxana, what can these decisions teach employers When they are considering the implementation of workplace vaccination policies.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Generally, these cases suggest that in very limited circumstances, it is possible that mandatory vaccination policies can be part of a larger program for preventing workplace spread of infectious diseases. However, I will qualify that by saying these policies are usually only allowed in exceptional um, circumstances generally. Absent a legislative requirement, in our view, employers have a high burden and must justify such policies by demonstrating that they face an extraordinary safety risk that can only be addressed by by potentially compromising an employee's personal autonomy Um, through the use of vaccines. Accordingly, these policies are usually only enforceable and found to be reasonable where there's clear evidence demonstrating a serious risk of um, infection exists in the workplace. So for example, this would include hospital settings where frontline workers are working with potentially vulnerable population, um, where it is likely that an employee could be exposed to COVID-19. Second, there must also be clear evidence of the effectiveness of a vaccine in meeting the employer's health and safety objective. And generally, there must also be evidence that alternative measures um, will not be sufficient to meet the employer's objectives um, from a health and safety perspective. In all cases, um, arbitrators generally aim to strike a balance between workplace safety um, and employees' right to privacy, as well as human rights protections, as Allison. Mentioned earlier. Accordingly, where there isn't a serious risk of infection in the workplace um, or where alternative measures exist that can be, um, achieve an employer's objectives, such as wearing um, a PPE, then it is likely that an adjudicator will determine that a mandatory vaccination policy is not enforceable and um, potentially an employer should be implementing alternatives to. Vaccination, such as physical barriers and so forth.
0: Another source where employers may also be able to draw guidance in designing or defending a vaccination policy is from case law dealing with random drug and alcohol policy. So this case law also deals with balancing workplace safety with an intrusion on an employee's privacy, as well as an employer's duty to accommodate employees. Adjudicators have held that random drug and alcohol testing is reasonable in circumstances where there is evidence of widespread drug or alcohol use in a safety sensitive workplace and where the hazards created by that use cannot be minimized by less intrusive means. Absolutely, and
1: random drug and alcohol testing requires an employee to submit to intrusion on their body, specifically surrendering samples like saliva or blood. Um, Similarly, vaccinations also require an employee to submit to an injection. Both are um, considered um, by adjudicators to be serious intrusions on bodily integrity. And there is a Supreme Court of Canada decision, Irvine, pulp and paper limited, um, a decision that was released in 2013, where the Supreme Court of Canada confirmed the proper framework for determining whether a unilateral employer policy in the drug and alcohol context um, was enforceable. And what the Supreme Court of Canada set out is that an employer must generally show that there is a reasonable cause for the policy, which generally requires evidence of a serious widespread workplace safety risk that cannot be addressed by other means. And an employer must also, the Supreme Court of Canada said, um, an employer must also demonstrate that um, in the balance, the risk to the workplace safety outweighs the harm caused by intruding on an employee's um, privacy. So similarly, adjudicators typically require um, robust evidence of infectious disease hazards and um, also evidence that um, um, the vaccinations will be effective in order to justify a um, unilaterally imposed vaccination policy. I will note that Irvine was also in the context of a unionized environment. However, um, the Supreme Court of Canada did observe uh, in Alberta that the analytical framework would also apply in non-unionized workplace.
0: So I think, as you noted, um, one of the takeaways from the case law is that employers should consider where, whether there's evidence of a serious health and safety risk in the workplace. So employers in doing so will need to consider whether the current risks of a workplace infection justifies imposing a vaccination policy and outweighs the intrusion on employees' privacy. And in doing so, the characteristics of the workplace will be an important consideration. Employers working with vulnerable populations in the healthcare setting, such as hospitals and long-term care homes, will have a stronger case to justify mandatory vaccinations. However, other situations where an employer could potentially argue a mandatory vaccination being necessary are situations where employees are working in close quarters, such as a food processing plant or factories, where employees are customer facing, such as an employer working in transportation and potentially in some retail situations. However, evidence of infection in the workplace and an increased risk of outbreaks um, will likely be the type of evidence that you'll need in order to impose a vaccine, vaccine policy.
1: Yeah. Similarly, employers should also be prepared to explain why other less intrusive infection control measures are not effective. Generally, in determining whether a mandatory workplace policy is reasonable, adjudicators will evaluate whether an employer's objective of health and safety can be achieved um, with a less intrusive way. Um, Generally speaking, if there are less intrusive measures, an employer can adopt, such as potentially wearing... Um, PPE, um, possibly you know remote working. Adjudicor, adjudicators will prefer um, those me- methods over potentially mandatory vaccination policies. So that'll definitely be another consideration as well to contemplate.
0: Vaccination policies will also need to address an employer's duty to accommodate if an employee refuses to be vaccinated for reasons that are protected under human rights legislation. So, for example if the employee is rejecting as a result of a disability or a religious reason. In these situations, an employer will be required to accommodate up to a point of undue hardship unless it can be established that the need for vaccination is a bona fide occupational requirement that justifies the discrimination.
1: Alison, you're absolutely right. Employers will need to address possible accommodations where an employee is unable to obtain a vaccine based on a protected ground under human rights legislation. So as you mentioned, examples of that um, would include um, potential objections from employees with autoimmune or other pre-existing conditions which prevent them from being able to safely receive the vaccine or also religious grounds, as you mentioned. So in light of this um, uh, policy should always consider accommodation alternatives to vaccinations where exemptions are necessary and also include a provision that states that applicable human rights legislation will be followed. Further, where these concerns are raised, employers will need to consider um, possible accommodation um, options. And these could include um, reviewing things such as, you know, requiring an employee to continue to wear um, PPE or potentially physically distance, or again, you know, considering whether remote working is still a potential option or adapting um, different working conditions um, such as staggering hours and so forth or in you know again in really sensitive situations or high-risk situations such as health um, such as care homes and so forth accommodation may also potentially be um, obtained through potentially um, a leave of absence or a prepaid leave of absence but um, we do caution against taking that step and we if, if that's the step that's being taken, we always caution our employees, um, sorry, our clients to first obtain um, legal advice. Um, also accommodations should be reviewed um, on a case by case basis, depending on the individual, the nature of the business and the limitations and restrictions um, identified um, as well. Another question
0: that employers are raising is whether they can ask employees to disclose whether they have been vaccinated. And in Ontario, the government has indicated that they will issue proof of vaccination cards to individuals who receive COVID-19 vaccinations. So requesting an employee's vaccination status may be permissible. However, employers will have to ensure that when they request this information that they are complying with privacy laws. So for example, employers should only be collecting this information for a reasonable and legitimate purpose, such as protecting the health and safety of its employees and other people entering its premises. Further, they have to be able to show that knowing that the fact the employee has been vaccinated will address the problem of the spread of COVID-19 in their workplaces.
1: Further, um, the collection of this information will need to be, um, like Allison just noted reasonably, Uh, necessary for work-related purpose, and um, the information should be collected in a non-discriminatory manner. Um, Employers should also implement measures, um, and they should have measures in place that protect the information that is being provided, and that is under their control. Um, Employers will also need to limit disclosure of um, the employee's vaccination status to only those who require the information for operational purposes. Um, the information collected should also be kept um, for as long as it serves its purposes. After that, it should be securely destroyed. Um, Further, um, if there is a reasonable basis to collect this information, um, we do suggest that vaccination policies also spell out um, the information um, that will be collected, how it will be used and how it will be protected as well.
0: That brings us to the end of today's episode. Roxana, thank you for joining me today. This is a very interesting topic, which I am sure we will continue to be discussing as vaccinations become more available to the broader workforce. Allison, thanks for having me. And thank you to everyone for joining us today. And we encourage you to reach out to your local Denton's Employment and Labor Council with your employment questions, including questions on vaccinations and the workplace. Dentons is a global legal practice providing client services worldwide through its member firms and affiliates. This episode is not designed to provide legal or other advice, and you should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Please see Dentons.com for legal notices.